Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Midlife Best Podcast, and this is episode 118. Today, on episode 118, we're going to talk about dreams and day jobs, and I'll give you a little insight to the progress of my upcoming book. But before we get started, I always like to remind everyone at the beginning of my episodes that you can contact me by email at heather at midlifebest.com. And I would love to hear from you because hearing from you will give me feedback about my podcast. You might want to ask questions. You might want to make suggestions. And if you have any uh, plans for or any requests for any upcoming book studies, I'll take those requests as well. Also, if you go to my website, you go to the homepage and you sign up for my newsletter, which you want to do, I hope, you will get the freebie. And the freebie right now is a little mini course in how to study any great nonfiction book to get the most out of it. You can change your life with books. And many, many people have done that. Uh, but a lot of us never properly learned how to study a book slowly and carefully so that we could get everything out of it. And if you're going to buy a book and invest your time, I want you to get the most out of it. So you may already have some great self-help books, business, faith, relationships, nutrition, whatever that is. I bet you have some great books sitting around the house um, that you really haven't gone through yet. And so don't go out and buy a bunch more books. Use what you already have. For most of us, that's true. Um, so this course, it's a free little mini course and it'll help you get the most out of whatever you read. Now on to today's episode. So I am working on my next book. I've made a lot of progress. It's taken, of course, longer than I thought as these big projects tend to do. So I've been working on this book for close to a year at this point and it's been off and on. It's been, you know, start and stop two steps forward, one step back. And part of that is due to a lot of ins and outs that were happening during my regular school year. And then, of course, the pandemic. And so moving into online teaching and just all that that entailed. So the book is really coming along at this point, And I'm really... I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the the information, the support that it's going to give my readers. Whenever you start a big project, you know, you may have a plan and we there's a saying that I like that says we make plans and God laughs because not that he's laughing against our plans or or belittling our plans, just that we make our plans but we just have no idea what's going to happen and we have no idea how it's all going to play out and so we make plans and i was going to write this book in a shorter period of time but also throughout this process i've had more ideas and and it's it started to take a little bit of a different path in that i've added a lot of journal prompts to the end of the book and i'm really excited about that because i love journal prompts but I also think I can add, um, make those into a separate PDF that if people, they get it in the ebook, for example, and they have those prompts, but maybe they want to print them out, I can also turn those into a PDF and offer that as a bonus. So I'll just have a link in, within the ebook 
and people will be able to get those and print them out and that'll be a nice extra gift and also since I've been working more with video and learning how to make these short, quick, easy videos for upcoming courses, for one thing, but also I can do some videos that are bonuses also that go along with the book. I keep saying the word also. So anyway, it's, it's been fleshing out into more than just a small book, which is what I thought it was going to be. So not everything, by the way, has to be your, is it the magnum opus or opus magnum? Not everything has to be, I'm going to Google that. Um, not everything has to be your biggest work or your best work for your entire life. It has to be your, your good work for now, if that makes sense. It is opus magnum. So let's look at this um, and kind of understand what, what that means and what I mean by that. Um, and this is really for, this is for all the perfectionists, okay? It, the, a lot of us feel, I'm trying to look and talk at the same time and I guess I'm getting stuck on my words. A lot of us feel like if it's not perfect, there's no point. If you're a perfectionist, you've got to stop being a perfectionist. And I'm saying that to myself as I'm recording this, as well as you. You've got to stop or nothing will ever get done. And you will always feel like it's not good enough. And I just need to do this. And I just need to add that. And you'll just make yourself nuts. Here's the definition. It's magnum opus. But I've heard it both ways, I think. So I always forget. Magnum opus. Here's the definition from Oxford Languages. Um just from Google. It's a large and important work of art, music, or literature, especially one regarded as the most important work of an artist or writer. That is not going to be every project that we do. It can't be, especially if it's the most important work of your life. Well, how do you know going in? You don't. So then I, I know that the temptation is like, well, I may never write another book or I may never paint another painting or whatever it is. This one has to be perfect. We want to be excellent and we want to do well. But I think a lot of us have grown up somehow with this message that if it's not perfect, it's just not good enough. And that's not true either. So there has to be a point in any project and any creative pursuit. And we're always here on this Midlife Best podcast. We're always talking about the next big thing, whatever that is for you. Well, this book right now is my next big thing, but it doesn't have to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. So I want to say that right now because today's episode is about dreams and day jobs because that's what the book is about. It's about the reality that most of us have a big dream and most of us also need a day job. And maybe we even like our day jobs. Doesn't have to be a job that you hate. You might love your job. And if you're listening to this, it's called Midlife Best. You want the best for your midlife, right? Don't you? You want wonderful things in your day-to-day reality, in your future, for your family. 
midlife is this great exploration time. Most of us by midlife have either built one or all of three things. We've built our families, we've built our businesses, and or we've built our careers. So whatever it is that you have built so far in midlife, it's important and it's got value and it will help you get to your next big thing because life is a process and it is a journey. And I know that's on things like t-shirts and coffee mugs, but life is a journey. So whatever you've done up until this point, whether you've been a stay-at-home mom or whether you've been building that career and working your way up the corporate ladder or whether you've been building a business and now maybe you've made some progress. All of those things are valuable and it's not that we cast it all aside and then move on to our next big thing. The next big thing is part of the building process. It's incorporating Okay, I'm back. I had to take a, a little break. I got a phone call. So I'll try to edit. I'm not, as we know, I don't really edit this podcast, but I'll try to edit if the phone was doing weird things as I was recording. So your next big thing, your midlife goal is part of this journey and it all flows together. The book that I'm working on has this crazy idea that you don't have to drop everything and quit everything. You don't have to have a big midlife crisis that's a bad thing because a midlife crisis can be a good thing. I really think that because it just makes you reevaluate what you're doing, where you're going, what you want. And, and that's okay. And you should do that pretty often, actually. But... That day job or that career that you've built or that business that you've built, that is not something that you have to leave behind, especially if the dream needs financial support. And especially if the dream is something that meshes well with what you've already been doing. If you've been a stay-at-home parent, this applies to you too. And that's why I keep bringing this, this back in because I was a stay-home parent for a number of years. Um, I haven't actually thought it completely through, but, you know, when my kids were little, I was home. And I think that's extremely valuable and that's a, a real calling. And I did that for a number of reasons, but honestly, I wanted to do that. Doesn't mean everyone has to do that, but that was right for our family. And so I did go back to work and I did go back to school and I made a career change. And you've heard a lot of that backstory before, but I also wanted to write and I also wanted to produce motivational materials that would help other people make some changes, follow some dreams, pursue the hard work that it takes to get to your goals. So I wrote down a few notes here for today's podcast, and it's not going to be a super long episode, but there are a few reasons why I think that the day job or the day business can be an awesome way to support your dreams. First of all, they don't have to be 
the exact same thing. Your job or your business that you're currently doing does not have to be directly, completely related to your dream. If you are working in a medical office and you also want to pursue art or music, those things may not seem to be exactly the same. They're not exactly the same, but they are parts of who you are. And so they should support your values and goals. So your day job and your dream need to be aligned enough that they're congruent within you. That's going to make you a happier person and that's going to make you more successful in both sides of what you're doing. The second thing is that the time has to work out. Listen, I'm not one of those people who will say to you, where there's a will, there's a way and you can bend the laws of physics. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Yes, where there's a will, there's a way, but there's this, they don't tell you that there's going to be a lot of juggling and you're going to have to make sacrifices. Those sacrifices should not be your loved ones and your important relationships. And those sacrifices should not be your faith. And those sacrifices should not involve your health and your wellness. If someone tells me that I'm going to have to give up those important parts of my life, I'm not going to do it. Now, I have given up family dinner on occasion to attend a a meeting with, for example, for my accountability group or my mastermind that I'm in. Yeah, but that's not an all the time thing. I'm not going to be away from home, be away from my family when I want to be with them because someone told me that's what I had to do to be successful. That's not going to happen. You know, what else is not going to happen is where people say, oh, you really only need about five hours of sleep. That might be true for them, but that is not true for me. Not true for me at all. So I'm not going to give up my sleep, my health. I'm not going to get up at four and go to bed at 11 or 12. That does not work for me. It actually makes me not feel well. I get really cranky. I'll get a headache. I just know. And so that's not going to work. So I can't bend the laws of nature and physics just because I decide that I'm going to set out and add all these extra things into my life. So in the summer, I can do a lot more obviously, than I can during the school year when I'm working on my side projects, on my dreams. That's the way it is. And you need to be realistic about that. So if you're pursuing a dream and I'm saying, hey, your day job might be a really important support for this dream, they maybe go hand in hand. But the time still has to work out. Dan Miller suggests that if you're pursuing a side business, which might be your dream, that you put in about 15 strategic hours per week. And I think that's pretty realistic, but it depends on a lot of things. It depends on your family situation. It depends on your commute. It depends on if you're a single parent or a married parent. Um, So you have to look at your own life. He, by the way, you could Google that, 15 hours, Dan Miller, 48 days, and you can find a resource. I think that you do put in your email to join his email list, which I would highly recommend because it's fantastic. And that 15 hours, he breaks it down into 
how, how many of those 15 hours should be spent in different areas of working on growing a business. So you have to make the business or the dream, whatever that is, match up with your daily work, but also again with your family's needs. My kids, now they're older, so it's so much different. But when they were in that middle school age, at one point I had one kid in elementary school, one kid in middle school, and one kid in high school because they're all two years apart. And so I had a fifth grader, a seventh grader, and a ninth grader. And then the next year they were six, eight, and 10 so grades. So actually two years in a row, we had kids in three different buildings which meant different schedules, different chorus concerts, band concerts. Uh, they, they did sports at different times. I mean, there was a lot going on. And so there were times I probably didn't have 15 good hours to devote. And it was, you know, again, this is my choice. I'm not willing to give up certain things, which brings me to point number three and the last point in today's podcast. You're going to have to prioritize, but you're also going to have to prune. And pruning, it's kind of a biblical term now, but it's a gardening term, really. And so it means cutting back. You prune trees. You prune, in the Bible, when they would talk about pruning, it was it was kind of used, it was used as a metaphor, but they would talk about pruning uh, grape vines, which do grow in this part of the country where I live in upstate New York and they, they prune them. You have to cut back certain grapevines or they're not exactly a tree, but they're not a vine like ivy either. If you've never seen them grow, you look up a picture and you'll understand they kind of look like a cross between a tree and a vine. And so you, you cut them back so that they grow properly and stay where you want them to stay and produce more fruit. And that's, that's the metaphor. That's the thing where you want to produce more fruit and you only have so many hours in the day to do it. You have to prune things out of your life that just are not good for this particular season or this particular project or this next big thing goal that you have. So prioritizing is part of it. But I think if there's too much to do, you can't prioritize it all. It's like I've always had this ongoing struggle with clutter and with cleaning out books and papers and things like that. Cause I, I like to hold on to everything and that's not good. You have to get rid of some stuff. You can't organize clutter according to Marla Silly, who wrote the book, uh, the fly lady book about housekeeping. You really can't, you can't organize it. If it's just a bunch of stuff, sometimes you have to get rid of a lot of it. And that is very true with your time. You have to get rid of things and maybe it's temporarily, but you also have to prioritize. And so those things go hand in hand. As I said, priorities to me would be family, faith, health, wellness, sleep. Um, but there have been things that I've just decided not to do. For example, and again, I know this is a luxury for me because I'm able to make the choice, but a lot of people teach summer school summer school is additional work that teachers can get hired to do. It's, you still have to apply to your district, at least where I live. You have to apply for it, interview for it, 
um, it might not be where you normally teach. It might not even be the same grade level that you normally teach, but it's separate. It's summer, summer school. Well, it pays extra. And so for a lot of teachers, they love to do that. I have many friends who teach summer school, but for me, and I know it is a luxury that I don't have to have that money, but I just don't want to teach summer school because I want that time with my family. Normally in normal years, we do a lot more traveling in the summer to see family. And that is very important to me because we live far from all of our extended family. I want that time to be able to do that, but I also want the rest. I want a break. I want to be able to work on my other projects and things that I want to do. I've gone to conferences during the summer that are not related to teaching, that are related to personal development. But I like to spend time with my kids. I like to hang out. I like to just be relaxed in the summer. Now, this summer I picked up a few hours working on some special education work and I have some other side work through my school district that I have applied for and interviewed for, but I haven't heard back yet. And that will be a couple of days of work if I get hired to do it. So it's not an all summer thing. Um, but, but I only know what my boundaries are because I have evaluated and reevaluated my priorities so much. And then I've also pruned a lot. Uh, you guys have probably heard me say this, but I'll say it again. Even the little things such as eating off paper plates so that it, so I don't have to do as much kitchen cleanup. That saves a lot of time. Um, I mean, it really is little things. My kids have always known how to do their own laundry. I don't remember when they started doing it. I, I know I started doing my own in somewhere around junior high. So that's probably what's happened for my kids as well. Uh, now that they're older, I don't really remember how long they've been doing their own laundry. I do the towels, the household laundry. Of course, I do my own. But really, in my house, everyone does his or her own main laundry, which is their clothing and their sheets. My husband has always done his own laundry for the most part, 99%. I do the blankets, the sheets, that stuff for our room. And then towels, I just kind of go around and gather towels and do a load of towels, you know, for the whole house most of the time. But my kids will also just throw towels in with their own laundry. So I know that some people would think, oh, they have to be done separately. Well, once they've been washed, a lot of times they don't have that much lint, so it doesn't really get all over your clothes. So anyway, laundry tip that I wasn't planning on providing in today's podcast, but there it is. So those things, it's those little things, whatever they are for you, things that kind of seem to take up time that just you'd rather devote to something else. Find those few things, whatever those little things are, and prune. It's just not necessary for me to do the laundry for the whole house because they're all capable of doing it. And also, I know, again, this is, this is a blessing that we have washer and dryer in our home. People who live in apartments, I know that's different. You might not necessarily have a washing machine and a dryer in your home, so you have to take the whole family laundry, and that's a whole other story. Whatever those things are for you, though. For some people, it's having a housekeeper. I've thought about it. 
Uh, I had one years and years and years ago, a lady that came for a few hours every couple of weeks, but I haven't had one in many years. And I've thought about it. I thought that would be nice, but right now I just, I don't. So if, if it's a, a housekeeper that comes a couple times a month, maybe that's your thing. That's how you can pare down. Maybe it is delegating a lot of chores amongst family members, you know, sharing things in a different way. But whatever you need to do so that you have time for both the day job and the dream, that's what I'm asking you to think about. So as you go through your week this week, my suggestion is that you look at your tasks, you look at your time, and you just reflect and ask yourself, how am I spending time? Is this the best use of my time? How can I make time for the dream? I'm going to save that 15 hours a week. But it might not be right for you, so reflect on what's right for you. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 8, maybe it's 20. How does that all mesh together and what would it look like? Cliff Ravenscraft has said many times when he talks about his backstory, he was working as an insurance, insurance, if I can say it, insurance agent in a family-owned agency. He was supposed to take it over, actually, for his parents, But he started podcasting with his wife and he loved it. And he was asking himself, what would life look like if I could do this full time? And it was podcasting. And then it really was more about motivating people and supporting people in reaching their own dreams. So when he started asking that question, what would life look like? What would life look like if I could do this? He was asking the right questions. So that helped him to find the answers. So if you want to do both, if you're listening to this and you want to pursue a dream and a new goal, but you also know the reality is you need that day job, ask yourself, what would life look like if I could do both? What would life look like if I knew my top two or three or four priorities I pruned other things so that I could focus on those priorities and also focus on my goal. What would life life look like if I could have it all? That's what I want you to just think about multiple times throughout the week because the answers will start coming and you'll start to see in your own life. It's so individual that I can't tell you what it'll look like, but you'll start to see in your own life what that should look like and what the answer is for you. And I will keep writing. I will keep editing. I'll be working on that manuscript. That's my goal this week. So with that, I will talk to you again soon. I hope you have a great week.